0: comments made on the serotalk podcast network are those of the individuals and do not represent serotech corporation its staff management board of directors or third-party resellers
1: it's time for high contrast the show where we talk about everything low vision and we are joined by a group that never seems to get together much anymore to talk about these pressing issues that we randomly come up with each month anyway To my virtual left will be Maury Hill of the AI Squared Zoomed In blog. How's it going, Mari?
2: Great, Rodney. Thanks. I'm uh, packing and getting ready to go to Denver in a couple days for the Foundation Fighting Blindness Visions Conference. So I'm excited about that.
1: Excellent. I guess we'll have some sort of a report coming up in the future. Sure. And in the virtual right chair is Byron Lee of ByronLee.com, Vision Rants, and the such. How's it going, Byron?
0: I'm doing uh, just fine. It's uh, summer, and all of the conventions are happening... And uh, Maury is going off to Denver for her convention, and I have friends that are going off to NFB and ACB conventions and doing all kinds of great stuff. I've got a convention coming up next week, this weekend actually, but it's nothing to do with blindness. It's called the Fump Fest. And basically, what that is is a funny music convention where a bunch of people who sing funny songs get together. Dr. Demento will be there, and uh, I'll be streaming and recording all of the festivities, so I'm getting all my gear ready for all that.
1: Oh my. I'm going to guess that our uh, technical producer off in the darkness over here, Ranger, would be uh, very much jealous of that, I'm going to assume.
0: He very well might be. I mean, songs about sci-fi, what could you ask for?
1: (laughs) Um. Less songs about Uh, (laughs) sci-fi.
0: Well, that's true. (laughs) Okay.
1: I'm going to guess Doctor Who fits in there somewhere. Somewhere. uh,
0: yeah, yeah. There is a guy that (laughs) sings all songs about Doctor Who. He'll be there. (laughs)
1: Uh, Sorry, I'm missing it. I really am.
0: I bet you are.
1: (laughs) But before we started this show, you were talking about a new Android phone that you just got. Do you want to give it a little bit of a plug so that... Folks might be interested in a review you may be working on. Self-plug, shameless?
0: Yes. Actually, I bought this phone at your local big box store. I'm not sure if it's okay to give the name of the store or not. But I got this phone at a fairly cheap price. It is the uh, LG Optimus XSeed 2. The nice thing about it is it has a removable battery. It has an SD card slot. It has an actual hardware button, which... In the accessibility section, you can turn on an accessibility shortcut. So right now I have triple-tap turning on TalkBack, which is really cool because I don't like the on-screen gestures for suspending and taking it out of suspension. So I like the actual physical button. And uh, I'm really enjoying playing with Android, and actually my attitudes about Android accessibility are kind of starting to change. It's still a little learning curve And I'm not sure if I would recommend it to people who aren't willing to experiment yet. But it really is starting to get there. And I think it might be worth your time if you're interested in tinkering.
1: Okay. And I assume we will probably be able to get a review here on High Contrast once you've played with it a little bit more. I think so. But speaking of accessibility, we are recording this after WWDC, which is the keynote from Apple Google I.O. will be coming up and everything. But anyway, we would like to solicit any comments or concerns you may have about new developments. You know, what with iOS 8 and the Mac operating system Yosemite are you worried about? Because we'll probably end up talking about it some point in the near future. So if you would like to send us an iReport. Via iBlink Radio or drop us an email at resources at com. That would be greatly appreciated. Give us a little food for thought because I think probably the visually impaired community is a little worried about iOS 8, but we'll leave that to a future topic. But today we are going to talk about summer and how to prepare for the wonderful season of summer here in the U.S. Summer unofficially started with Memorial Day. We're getting closer and closer to the official start in June, and that means a lot of sunlight causing us issues as far as brightness, glare, that icky outdoor stuff. So we thought we would talk a little bit about sunglasses, hats, and all types of little lenses and things that we try to use in order to protect ourselves. So, Murray, what kind of things might you be looking for in terms of sunglasses to protect you in the bright, sunny weather?
2: Well, I'm always looking for sunglasses, and what I decided I need is something that not only should the lens protect my eyes from the sun— Because with Stargardt or macular degeneration, the less light that gets to your eye, the better off you are as far as the degeneration process of your eye condition. Yet, I would also like to still be able to see through them for things like crossing the street, stuff like that safety issues. So I want something that gives some contrast when I'm looking through them and something that protects all around my eye. I mean, you can have great protective sunglasses, but if they don't fit close to your eye, then a lot of light gets in around the edges. And I do have a prescription, though it's fairly weak, So, the wraparounds are tough because usually you can't get a prescription lens in the wraparound style because they curve too much. And I would also like them to be stylish. Is that too much to ask for?
1: You're probably going to be required to use, like, rubberized black plastic. (laughs) I know. It's stylish, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. I don't know. But what I've come up with, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to afford them, are CPF glare control lenses. Corning originally made them, and now they're sold by a place called Winchester Optical in upstate New York, winchesteroptical.com, and they have different degrees of protectiveness and darkness. So I've kind of settled on, I believe it's the CPF 550, which is on the dark side. And I have an optical shop about a hundred yards from my house. And I went there not expecting to find anything. And I did find something. I believe it's called the Liberty Frame, which Curves a bit, but you can still get a prescription lens in it, and it has a kind of, I think it's rubberized, I'm not sure, but some kind of strap around the back of the head, which fits tight to your head, which you can adjust, and so you can... As you tighten it, it brings the frame closer to your skin so that you do get that protection around the edges of the lens. And I'm trying to get them through my VSP signature plan coverage that I have, which has a low vision rider, which supposedly you can get up to 80% of up to $1,000 worth of equipment every two years, but unfortunately they don't cover this lens and it's really impossible to find out what they do cover. So I'm in that process. So any advice on that? I would surely take anybody else have some (laughs) sunglass ideas.
1: Well, I don't really go for the expensive prescription Difficult to find type thing. Uh, Recently, I was trying to find glasses to use indoors because of my work environment being really bright overhead lighting, fluorescent bulbs and such that would be perfect if you were in the typing pool back in 1965. But instead, I'm working on a computer and it just gives me the hellacious migraines. But the cheap, inexpensive $8 glasses that I found on Amazon are called... Remington shooting glasses, and they come in different shades. Uh, there's kind of a dark smoke glass look. They're basically plastic wrap around, sort of give you pretty good coverage. Plus, they've got like a rubber nose piece and a little band across the forehead so that it doesn't rub you or anything like that. So, I'm ready if there's ever a gunfight that breaks out at work. Um, <laughs> So I've got those in like a dark smoke color and then I also have like a yellowish amber look for when I'm not feeling like I need something that dark. But those seem to work pretty good. I've also seen a computer glass called Gunner, G-U-N-N-A-R. I saw these on CES uh, probably last year, uh, 2013. And these are kind of wraparound. They have various looks and shapes and either they have a defined frame or a sort of an invisible frame comes in all types of different colors you can find those at gunnar.com and i believe you can also get those in prescriptions if you are looking for them they do sell them in optical shops so that may be an option but i will warn you they do appear to go anywhere from 60 bucks to 200 or more, so eh, I don't know how sturdy they are. I haven't actually seen a real pair, but the Remington, they last pretty good so far. (laughs) So, Byron, do you have any options?
0: Well, not really. My problem with sunglasses is... Very strange. I, I've sort of been struggling my whole life with sunglasses. I will see an optometrist or a uh, low vision technology specialist and among the CCTVs and the monoculars that they show me, they usually pull out this box full of sunglasses and I go, oh boy, here you go again. And they are the big, bulky, dorky looking pair of sunglasses, you know, the, the big wraparounds. That look like you're wearing an Oculus Rift or whatever (laughs) on your head, you know, big virtual reality headset or something on your head. And I just, I I never really got into wearing sunglasses. However, I'm a prime candidate for these because when I go outside, for some reason, my pupils are very slow to react to the sunlight, either the sudden introduction of sunlight or, you know, going inside and suddenly being in darkness And what happens is that for about a minute, I'm pretty much totally blind, but either going out or coming back in. It seems to be worse going from bright to dark. It takes a long time to actually adjust to the dim light. And so many an optometrist has suggested that I should get sunglasses. And I have gone through one week trials over and over and over again, trying out sunglasses. And I guess the problems that I run into are that, number one, the wraparound glasses that go over your existing pair of glasses will rub against your glasses and end up scratching them pretty badly, depending on what you get. So that's been an issue. The other issue is that I'm used to wearing my regular glasses, but I never really got used to the idea of having to put on a second pair, but only having to wear them for some of the time. It's either you get out of bed, you put your glasses on, or you go to bed and you take them off, unless you're like me and you sleep with your glasses on about 50% of the time. So that's kind of my issue, is that I just haven't really found a pair of glasses that I like, a pair of glasses that are stylish enough, and I just haven't gotten in the habit of actually putting on the sunglasses when I'm supposed to. They they go in a bag, and then they get smashed, or bounced around or broken or forgotten, and I just don't wear them. And I know I should, but I don't.
1: Now, have you ever tried the lenses that actually tint when you go inside or outside, that kind of thing? Because I've tried those before, and it always disoriented me because usually you'd go inside and it'd be a lot darker than you were expecting.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: It never would lighten up completely.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing that's sort of frustrating is that my vision's already poor enough as it is, and the last thing I need is something that makes the light dimmer so that it's harder to see. My glasses are so expensive, as I'm sure yours are as well, that any additional treatment to the lens, anti-glare, anti-scratch, or these you know transition technology things that make your glasses go dark when you're outside, all of that stuff seems to cost so much more with my particular prescription because I guess there's more
2: work involved. Yeah. And have you found anything for just specifically for bright, sunny days? You know, you go out and you just want to block as much as you can.
0: Well, since my particular eye condition, other than the slow pupil thing, isn't uh, once I get adjusted to the light, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I haven't really taken a lot of precautions for blocking light. But one of the things that I will do is wear a hat if I know it's going to be particularly sunny outside. And and that serves two reasons. It sort of protects and shades my eyes a little bit. So that will help to prevent, you know, certain overexposure of UV, you know, waves getting into my eyes and, and potentially causing, you know, various forms of skin cancer and eye cancer and things like that. But it also covers my ever rapidly balding head. And I've noticed (laughs) since I've started shaving my head that you can't sit outside by a friend's pool for three hours with no hat on when you've got no hair on your head because it's the first thing that gets hit by waves of sunlight and uh, you wind up going inside with um, a peeling red head and that's not fun. (laughs) So hats have actually become a bit more frequent as I've aged for those two reasons.
2: And what kind of hat do you wear? Do you go for the baseball hat or something more fashionable?
0: Yeah, the baseball hat, that's about it. Mhm. So you you
1: don't want to go with like the big uh, Panama hat, you know, the big brim, rounded, you know, Rastafarian.
0: I have a hat that's really functionally cool, but it looks so dorky. It's this camouflage hat with a great big wide brim and it has these screens that come down out of these pouches and hang in front of your face and on your neck. So it's like a hat with this big wide veil that goes all the way around your head and it's nice because it's like you're in your own little private shaded gazebo, but boy does it look dorky.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for a a hat because I don't want to always wear a baseball hat, but the big brim, let's say visor kind of hat that have a really good brim. They just are so old ladyish. And I'm so young <laughs> not that I don't really want to go that route yet.
1: Oh come on, it's time to go watch at the tennis club. Come on, Gary. <laughs>
0: Well, you know what's interesting is that the uh, retro look is starting to sort of be the popular – I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I wore something a certain way. And 10 years down the line, five years down the line, it becomes the popular way to wear things. You know, we were too poor to buy, you know, nice fitting pants back in the eighties. And so I had to wear these big, saggy hand me downs. And then of course, you know, I start wearing well fitting pants in the nineties whilst, you know, the uh, hip hugger, you know, the, what do you, whatever you call them, the ghetto pants that hang down past your knees became popular. (laughs) So maybe the um yeah, you know, the plastic, as I like to call them, BC birth control glasses or the old lady brim hats, they might be actually popular if you just stick with it. You might be a trendsetter.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, before we started, Joe was mentioning some glasses that he uses uh that are made by Oakley that will actually go over another pair of glasses called Fuel Cell. So I'm assuming that that is when he is uh, styling and profiling on his vacations, you know, (laughs) when he's uh, jet-setting and limousine riding, that kind of thing, you know, (laughs) wherever it is he chooses to go. So that may be something to check out.
0: (laughs) He's certainly the coolest-looking guy at the Doctor Who convention. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I pretty much go with the uh, baseball cap for the most part. I think it is funny, though, how times change because now the kids look at you funny because you actually roll the brim of the hat, you know, so that it's like cupping type of thing. Oh, yeah. I just don't get the flat brim. I don't get it. Sorry, I'm from the South. You have to roll that sucker. You put rubber bands around it so that it curves just right. You know, I mean, you got to get it right. Oh, yeah. It's not comfortable straight.
2: And then go to a baseball game.
1: No, nah, that's too much outdoors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. That's your solution, Maury. You want to know how to protect your eyes in the best way that you can. Invest in just staying inside all the time. Either that or have a roof, uh, you know, like a portable roof that you just carry around with you all the time.
2: Maybe an umbrella, like Michael Jackson.
0: Yeah, sure. there you go. You could rock the whole umbrella thing. That would be cool. <laughs> Nobody would look funny at you like for doing that at all.
2: Right, and my daughter wouldn't mind at all.
1: No, no, you get her to hold it for you. you (laughs) She's like your valet.
2: Right, that'll be the day. Uh,
1: Exactly. But anyway, it seems like various ideas on hats, uh, prescription glasses, seems like you basically just have to keep looking and looking and looking until you find something that actually fits your particular situation. Because as usual with this show, as you can see, We're three different people, and we have three different views and three different needs as far as glasses, sunshades, and the such. So if you have any input, please drop us a note at resources at serotalk.com and give us your ideas. Maybe we're completely missing something. Is there a glasses store out there that just happens to provide a service that we just aren't familiar with? So we look forward to hearing from you.
0: That is a problem amongst the low vision community. You know, it seems as if in the blindness community, there seems to be a unified front of things that you need. You know, you need your screen reader. And yes, there's multiple choices of screen readers, but you know, you need your screen reader, you need your braille display, you know, you've got your books in braille and stuff. And there's not really, you know, a whole lot of uh, varying in terms of, you know, you've got your standard sized braille, and that's what everything comes in. And you don't have somebody who needs 24 size braille and then somebody who needs 72 size braille or somebody who needs only 1.5 magnification versus, you know, times 10 magnification like we have over here. You don't really have a lot of those wide spectrum of needs in the totally blind camp, whereas it's just all over the place in low vision. So that's why. Coming up with a solution that works for me may not work for Maury or for Rodney.
1: It's kind of like you say, I mean, blind individuals, they need a cane. So the biggest variation is what material is it made out of? What length? Mm -hmm. Is it collapsible? Is it rigid? You know, that kind of thing. But it's not, oh, okay, well, I need this particular model or that particular model. You can get by with one type.
2: Well, and with us it's do I need a cane or do I not need a cane? You know, right. it's not a matter of what cane is, you know, would I actually use it if I get the training. So it just doesn't seem difference. like it's as hard
0: to find solutions for your problems in the blindness camp, whereas the low vision camp, it seems like there's so many options or no option at all that will suit our needs. And so you just kinda have to <laughs> I guess fly by the seat of your pants and figure it out for yourself because there's not really a good place to go other than well, hey, there's this high contrast thing where there's these you know low vision people who talk about things like this, so that's we're about it when it comes to a place to go to talk about these sort of needs.
1: Yeah, I've tried numerous times to find people that used uh, Freedom Scientific's magic. And I never could find anyone, you know. So it's, it's one of those things where everybody sort of picks their own device or their own method of magnification. And it's hard to find opinions on that. It's hard to find opinions on glasses or hats or adaptive technology when it comes to some things. But that's why we are here to try and come up with ideas to spur the conversation. And uh, hopefully... Right. This topic will uh, produce some blog entries over at serotalk.com or emails at resources at serotalk.com. Now it is time to take a little bit of a break here on High Contrast. And when we come back, Joe will review Marvel Puzzle Quest Dark Rain for iOS. Raincoat not required. Uh, You are listening to High Contrast here on SPN.
3: Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
4: Hey everyone, Joe Stonkamp back again, this time to talk about Marvel Puzzle Quest superheroes beating up other spandex superheroes and fighting and... No, really, it's Match 3. As you guys know by now, I've been addicted to the Match 3 games and this is also an offshoot from Puzzle Quest, the great RPG-styled puzzler that came from the Xbox and other games. And there are some good things and bad things about it, but I'm going to get this right off the bat first. One, I've been playing this game for a while, about a month and a half, and it's been really kind of fun and addictive, but I had to work at it to get to that point. Two, it's free, and that's kind of nice. I haven't spent a dime yet, and I'll get to that in a second. Three, It is a low vision nightmare in that text is small and on weird backgrounds and colors are hard to get used to. I literally have had to memorize the shapes and the colors on this game to enjoy it fully. So if you have some issues with red, blues, greens, and yellows, this might not be the game for you. Now, I am playing this on iOS. I believe it's available on Android as well and PC for Steam. And that might be your best bet if you're a gamer who plays on a computer because it's a larger kind of thing. I have used my magnifier a couple of times, but I've gotten to the point where I can memorize things and I don't have to actually read anything. It is not voiceover compatible. So definitely you're using magnified views. I have used Zoom, believe it or not, on it. You can't necessarily do much in the way of matching the game. And in fact, I wouldn't try playing it that way. But if you need to get up close and read a text element in a menu, it's kind of helpful. You won't be doing a lot of that. Nope, you'll be actually putting together color dots of reds, yellows, blues, and greens in three across, or three up and down, no diagonals. The idea here is that there is a bit of a story, minor as it is, of uh, why all your heroes from across the Marvel Universe had to come together to beat up other Marvel uh, villains and heroes. There are tournaments that show up on the weekends, or there are special story elements, like there's a Wolverine cage match, or you might have to fight Magneto while he puts together the Mutant Liberation Front. And those are kind of neat. What I will say is, is that this app does support background audio. So you can listen to podcasts or music and play uh, a puzzle in the background, kind of like Dungeon Story that we talked about earlier. And I look for those apps. That is a big deal to me because sometimes I get annoyed with uh, the stock music because I've heard it for hours on end and I can catch up on things like daily tech news show or our own podcast while listening to those and putting together colored dots. Now, the reason why I say I'm kind of happy that it's free is that I did have to spend a lot of time memorizing these colors and I would have not done this if I would have had to say play five levels and then paid for it. That probably would not have happened. I've also taken a long time to get my characters to a certain level, and now I feel more comfortable about buying things like other levels or cheats to make the game get easier. But speaking of cheating, this game cheats. Um, Puzzle Quest is known known, and if you read the App Store reviews, you'll see this too, for being a cheater. Uh, you can be very much on top of the world in thinking that you're going to win a match and have it fall right out from under you when the computer decides to do about 8-10 moves in a row and you are powerless to do anything about it. With that said, sometimes you can eke out wins and Iron Man can do this amazing move or Black Widow or Juggernaut or Venom or something like that, and you are very much rewarded. It's not a risk-reward, It's not like you've risked something to gain a reward. It is mainly, did I survive the computer cheating? And again, this is a hallmark of the Puzzle Quest series for good or bad. And I'm used to it because I've played those games before. But I would not play this in front of the kids or out in public if you were prone to swearing because you will. I'm just saying you're going to do that. So get used to it. Uh, Puzzle Quest, available on all these different platforms, available for free. Not a strong recommendation, but if you're looking for a puzzler, if you're looking for a match three, and you are a comic book fan, and you just like something you can pick up and play, and it gives you great daily rewards if you play pretty regularly, that helps you get through this game pretty good. And uh, like I said, I've been playing it a month, and uh, not had to pay for anything. If you're a cheap gamer, and you're looking for something like uh, that, try this out, see what you think. And if you have any other ideas about games that we could talk about here on the podcast, let us know. Send us a iReport right there on iBlink Radio, or drop us an email, resources at com, or leave us a comment right there in the blog right there on com. And uh, let's see what we can come up with. And, uh, next month, I'll give you a The Walk update, and I'll also talk a little bit more about, well, um, oh, I don't know, maybe something that isn't a game? Yeah, right. I've only done that like once or twice.
1: Welcome back to High Contrast here on the Serotalk Podcast Network, SPN for short. And now we're going to jump into the mailbag, which our mailbag does not have a personality like other shows on the network, but maybe we can find one for it soon. Never know. Anyway, I want to plug the fact that Byron and Joe and I combined forces, kind of like the Wonder Twins Three. What's three? I don't know. To do an EOL show extra for summer movies and TV watching that you might want to check out. You can find that over at serotalk.com. And we had a message in from Ben that said that he really enjoyed that show. Shameless plug. And one of his shows is Cedar Cove. I think that might be a CW show, possibly,
0: it's a Hallmark I'm sure. series, I'm gonna have, yep.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going yep. to have uh, to check that one out. I will say that I have just now started watching The West Wing on Netflix, and yesterday, because I was trying to avoid moving to try and recoup my pulled muscle in my back, I sadly watched seven straight episodes. That's a lot of West Wing.
0: One of my favorite lines from West Wing is, you know that line you're not supposed to cross with the president? Oh, am I getting close? Look behind <coughs> you.
1: That's kind of like in one of the episodes I watched at the beginning. It says, he's like, my daughter's coming into town. I think I'm going to make chili for everybody. Everybody likes chili. Everybody just sort of looks like, "Uh, yes, sir. And he said, let me try this again. Everybody, stare at the floor. Okay, you see the symbol? Now, I think I'm going to make chili for everybody. Yay!
0: (laughs) That's great.
1: Everybody's opinions changed quite a bit there. Uh, So anyway, so yeah, check out EOL Show Extra for summer TV watching and basically a ramble fest over all things that don't involve, I don't think we actually mentioned Doctor Who, but maybe once, which was a feat in itself. Also in the mailbag came in right after we recorded the last episode was an email from Wayne who wrote in that he really enjoys the show and wants us to keep up the good work. Well, I don't know that we'll keep it good, but we'll keep trying. He mentioned that in order to keep iOS from not saying your passcode when entering it using voiceover is you can turn on handwriting, which I didn't even think about this whatsoever. You can turn on the handwriting option in the rotor for voiceover, and this will actually allow you to finger write your entry on the screen, which that is a good thing. And if you have not done this, it is buried within the iOS settings in iOS 7, probably seven point one one. I think it is now on my iPhone 5. You have to go to settings, then you go to general, accessibility, voiceover, and then rotor, and then all the way at the bottom, because I guess iOS does not know how to put things in alphabetical order. You have to check handwriting in order to add it to the rotor. And then once you have done that, you save that, then you'll be able to actually access it with the rotor. Uh, so that's kind of a nifty little thing. My wife immediately said, how do you write numbers?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Especially the one, because that would be considered a lowercase l.
1: Yeah, but she's totally blind. She's never written numbers or anything like that. So she's kind of like, I have enough trouble trying to find things on the keyboard. How am I going to know what an 8 or a 5 or a 7 or a 6 is going to actually look like? I mean, there's only, what, 10 numbers that you would technically have to learn how to write? I guess. Okay,
0: so what you need to do is find your nearest elevator, and then just, you know, find find the one and see what that feels like. It's got Braille on it, too. And you could just stand there for about 15-20 minutes, ex- you know, learning tactilely how to read numbers. And then, there you go, now you're all set.
1: Yeah, could be something just like that. No, we make fun, but yes, that is a good option for being able to not speak the passcode as you're typing it in
0: uh, one point of order regarding that is when you when you change the rotor to handwriting mode, you must be in an edit field and it must be selected before typewriting will show up as an option otherwise typing mode and handwriting I do not believe will appear in the rotor
1: ah good point as you can tell we are checking this out on the fly as we record this here episode.
0: Oh, no, we're prepared. We're we're totally prepared. You know, we do painstaking research. We're prepared for this months and months in, in advance. So, I don't know, no slacking going on whatsoever here.
1: Byron is so much better at keeping the kayfabe than I am. <laughs> Wayne also points out that it is also useful in Notification Center to turn off messages that may pop up on your lock screen. It sort of gets rid of functionality where you would have to actually go into Notification Center in order to read messages, but that is an option if you're afraid of text messages being read aloud in your workplace or in a family-friendly environment if you have one of those risque friends that likes to text things of an inappropriate nature. I don't know any of these people, but that's how it is. And he also says that he enjoys listening to That Android Show, and he would really like to know when, oh, when will there be a That Windows Phone Show <laughs> or That Windows well, Show?
0: there is just an interesting point of order regarding that. There's an interesting article on LowVisionRants.com that our new contributor, David Ward, wrote, about some of the quirks and quirks of Windows 8.1 phone in regards to low-vision users. So you might want to give that a quick look.
1: Yeah, good to know. I do know that the accessibility in 8.1 is a little bit better than the previous nothing, so it might be worth checking out. I have yeah. heard that the Lumia 5.20 Windows phone, you can get... I think it's the AT&T GoPhone version. I think you can usually get that for about 60 bucks if you're just dying to try it over on Amazon. That comes without a contract, so you can actually use it as an MP3 player or whatever. So, anything else you would like to mention up, Mr. Byron?
0: Well, you were looking for... Not a dynamic duo. What would that be in the triplicate? But I thought of one. The three stooges. We, you know, we use the, our stooge powers combined. Woo 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 woo-woo. You know, so there you go. There's your three.
1: <laughs> exactly. That might work. Or Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, but I'm not sure which one is Nancy.
0: Uh, okay. yeah, I was gonna say, which one of us are <laughs> gonna have to play Nancy? I guess I have the highest sounding voice, so <laughs> <sighs>
1: Can we derail or what? As you may have noticed, uh, Mari Hill ducked out for an early exit. So we will do our quick little wrap-ups here on High Contrast. Uh, As always, thanks to Mari Hill of the AI Squared blog Zoomed In. You can find that at AISquared.com slash blog. You can also follow Mari on Twitter at at Mari Elizabeth, M-A-U-R-I-E, Elizabeth, because that's too long for me to spell. And thanks as always to the other banana, Byron Lee from ByronLee.com VisionRance.com And you can follow him at Byron27 on the Twitter. And as always, I am Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com You can follow me at RodneyEdgar And if you're just crazy enough, I have started a Twitter account called Squint three one six for all of my musings about wrestling yes i created a twitter account just to follow wrestling information and it you gets. guys
0: thought i talked too much about dr who
1: yeah but did you create a twitter account just for Doctor? that's who? because
0: i'm normal
1: <laughs> oh okay and as always, lurking in the background is Joe Steinkamp. You can follow him on Twitter at Ranger Station. And he is everything Serotech and Serotalk. This is the Serotalk Podcast Network, SPN for short. You can check out everything related to the network by going over to CeroTech, S-E-R-O-T-E-K dot com slash SPN. And if you'd like to check out any of the products, such as iBlink Radio for iOS or Android, DocuScan Plus, SamNet, the whole bada bing, head over to serotech.com slash products for more information. Please send us your iReports, or you can drop us an email at resources at serotalk.com and please drop us a note as to what you think of Google I.O. announcements or I.O.S. 8 predictions or Yosemite and whether or not you're looking for a waskly wabbit, you know, type of thing. Anyway, this has been fun and we will sign off and say until next time, this is High Contrast on SPN.